Awesome, guys. Well, um, thank you. Okay. Ah, well, it's nice to meet together. I know uh, we had that snowy day last week. Hopefully, you know, seeing my, my big old face in the camera that much time, it's been a little like, it definitely made my sermon shorter. I was like, geez, 15 minutes. Maybe I should put some slides in there, but uh, I, didn't, I didn't have the time to do that. So I just said, well, you're going to see my mug for 15 minutes. But um, I hope that was helpful. And, um, you know, I, I'm encouraged about just where we're, where we're heading as a church. And today um, we're going to be speaking about the heart of God. And uh, we're also kind of be hopefully you're going to be inspired um, and, and, and really inspired to, to be missionaries in your hometown. And I know that. Also, today is going to be a little bit of a, a, a sermon where I get real, a little bit real. You know, I try to get real every sermon, but to be real with you and to, to, to talk about the struggle of being a missionary and the struggle that we all feel, right? I mean, I don't know how, how you felt, but thinking about how do you feel about this book? You know, are you excited about this book or are you kind of like, hmm... Ooh, boy. Um, you know, and, and, and even just, I've heard people's reactions to the book because they talk to me. And, you know, there's reactions like, well, you know, why do we have to go through this book? You know, I already have my Bible plan. You know, I, I don't want to have to read something else, right? You know, and, and this is real. This is real. This is raw, right? Um, you know, I got, I got, I got, ain't nobody got time for that. You know, like, hometown missionary. I got a lot going on in my life. You know, this is just going to be hard for me. Um, and I've never had a book that's caused as much feedback in my life. And I think it's because it's calling you to something that's challenging. It's calling you to be a missionary. And, and some people um, haven't even got the book yet because they're just like, you know, the this book, you know, is going gonna, is gonna to cause, it's going to take away my time. It's going gonna, it's gonna to make my life more complicated, you know? And I want to encourage you, you're right. <laughs> it is going to make your life more complicated. But you know what? Every day I look on the bus stop and I see Rick right across the street. Serving his family. He's always serving his family. I'm convicted. You know, I drive up and I, and I let the kids off at the bus. And he's snow blowing or walking the dog or fixing this and fixing that. And I just see his life. I'm always inspired by how he serves his family. And, um, and how he serves many of us, right? Um, but, but it just reminds me, it, it, it's worth it to be able to become a missionary in your hometown to have neighbors, to have people that are in your life that are disciples. Yeah. It's worth it, you know. Um, and I want to encourage you, maybe your first step today to be a missionary is to just pick up the book. <laughs> Go there and pick up the book. Don't even worry about paying yet. Just get the book. Yeah. You can pay later or not. <laughs> I will pay 10 bucks for you to get the book. I want you to get this book because I think this book is challenging, and we need to be challenged. Amen? Amen. You know, I, I'm so grateful for the Barabies 
making this map. And, you know, I really appreciate her. And, and hopefully she's going to make a, a Dover Foxcroft and a Bangor map where we can have... We just didn't have time. Maine is ginormous. So we had to, like, go way up there. You know, we don't want to do that. Um, I don't have the hops for that. Uh, but, but making another one, and maybe we'll just say, you know, we'll put Bangor here and then, you know, Dover Foxcroft up there. But, but this, is, this is something... I got, I got the, the geography wrong. I know, I know. <laughs> and then if we try to go to Ezra's place, it's over here. That's gonna be challenge. Yeah, it's over there. But if we go to his hometown, it's over, you know. But I'm excited that every Sunday, guys, I want to encourage you to interact with this map. We need stars on ours, you know. We need we need stars. And and what I want to encourage you to do is to first find a prayer spot that you go to. You know, for me, it's kind of easy. Fort Williams, I mean, that's kind of like easy. You know what another prayer spot is? Uh, Rick's Street. On the, on the back there, there's a, little, there's a little bench there where we baptized Josh, where, we, where, where, where Rick and Janet were baptized. And I like going to that bench. It's beautiful. It's, it's, it's a shorter walk. And so that's kind of like, you know, right right here maybe, you know what I mean, around there. But, but I think for, for you to have your prayer spot, that represents a gold star, right? Prayer. I love that we made it gold, right? Because it has to do with our faith and faith being greater than gold. And, and so find your prayer spot in your hometown, right? Come up here every Sunday. Put it up there. Even, even if you want to do it today, please do it. Come up, put your prayer spot. Uh, that's encouraging to see. Then anytime you do a mission moment, come up here. And we're going to even have time during the fellowship break, even for everyone to do that and, and to, just to kind of share what every family group is doing. It's going to be awesome. So, um, but I'm going to get real today and talk a little bit about uh, the struggle of it all and the struggle of change is not easy. Change doesn't happen overnight. Change is not black and white, right? It's not like either I change or I don't or I, I, I'm instantly different in this area, right? If sharing your faith is a weakness and being a missionary is a weakness, it's not going to just happen overnight. And that's why we're taking three months to go through it. That's why we're taking time to go through this so that it can, we can develop the heart of a missionary. Our only goal is to together, you know, to develop the heart and life of a missionary. And the life of a missionary is messy. So amen. That's encouraging. You're not going to have victory every day. In fact, you're, you're going to chicken out sometimes. Just get it over with. You're going to chicken out. It's okay. Because the fact that you're even in the battle, the fact that you even know you're chickening out is awesome. Because you're in the game. You're in the game. And, and to be in the game... Is, is what we all need to be. Amen? Amen. Um, so today we're going to talk about the heart of God. And the, the first thing I want to ask you is, what do you really think about the book? What do you really think about the book? You know, we had a family group le- leaders workshop, and it was awesome. I said, I don't want, there's two types of ways you can tell the truth. The encouraging sharing of the truth, where you kind of take out all the raw stuff. Amen. And then there's the real raw, what you feel. And, and we had family group leaders go around. It was awesome. People shared stuff that I was thinking and feeling. 
you know, one brother shared, you know, I just feel like I had my Bible plan and then you came along and you just gave me this book and said, read it. Or, you know, someone else said, you know, I have a lot going on in my life right now and I try to filter this thing out and then you send me this book and it's like, I feel like I'm already sipping from a fire hose and you're giving me more. And I realized that's true. We all feel that, right? But then I love the struggle that this brother had. He said, but I know this is what I want to be. And so I'm going to, I'm going to do the best I can. And I want to encourage you, do the best you can. I don't think anyone in this room is going to do every action every day in this book. Now, if you want to be that person, do it. I mean, we need someone to do it, you know? And if you feel like, I'm just going to give it all I got, and maybe there will be some people that will do that. I believe it's possible. You know, sometimes it's just like one of the actions is see people the way Jesus sees them, as beloved. I can do that. I can just look at Rick and just go, that's how God sees Rick, with great heart and belovedness. Seeing people... You know, who, who, who cut you off and, 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 and are mad at you, you know, as beloved, you know, seeing people in the checkout, just looking at people, looking at their face, you know, without being weird. <laughs> Another sister said, this is kind of cool. She's like, you know, I haven't even really looked at all the actions in the book, but you know what? Some people have said some of the stuff is a li- might be a little weird, you know, like scavangelism and you know, share with an Old Testament person. And she goes, you know, I would get weird for my kids. I do a lot of weird things for my kids. And I would do a lot of weird things for you guys. Why wouldn't I do weird things for God? Amen. And I was like, oh, that's a great point. Aren't we fools for Christ? You know, but I want to encourage you that this is not about perfection. And I put down a quote that really helps me a lot. And it basically is, perfectionism is the mother of procrastination. Isn't that so true? A lot of us, we think we either are missionaries or not. Either we need to be all world or not. You know, I need to be Sean Wooten, you know, who's an amazing missionary in Ukraine, or I'm just not a missionary. You know how we think that way, black and white thinking. That's not the way it truth is. Truth is, I spent time with Sean Wooten the other day. He was sharing about some of his failures. He was sharing about how he was struggling. He was sharing about how he's not on the edge like he needs to sometimes. You know? And you're like, oh, see? Even Sean Wooten. Even someone who I respect deeply, who's a missionary, he's been out, you know, bombings are happening, and he's still sharing his faith, you know, in Kiev when there was war going on. You know, you're like, oh, you know, at the same time, he struggles too, like we all do. Amen? Yeah. You know, so just to take as, you know, what about Bob? The great movie. That's not that great. But baby steps. You know, baby steps. Baby steps. Baby steps, I'm going to get the book. Baby steps, I'm going to open the book. Baby steps. I'm going to start, I'm, going to, I'm just going to read the introduction, baby steps, you know, baby steps. I'm going to read the, the, the second chapter, baby steps, right? You know, there's a, there's a family devotional where everyone has to get on their belly and, and share about 
how beloved each other are. I'm already picturing Noah. Look at him right now. <laughs> He's feeling like, what are we? We're doing it. We're going to try to do it. You know, we're going to get our bellies and we're going to do that. And, and we're going to say how much, how beloved each other are, you know. And, and you know, we're going to try these things. We're going to do these things. We're going to see what happens. Guess what? God's going to work in those things. Amen. 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 You know, I thought about even the scripture. Um, let, let's go to Exodus. Exodus chapter 14. And whenever we have scripture sharing, you have the epic Android music. Yeah. All right. Exodus. So we know about the Exodus story. Most of us know about the Exodus story, right? God rescues his people out of slavery. Amen. And they are victorious. They're holding the jewels. They're doing all this stuff. And God says, don't go along the way you want to go. Go this other way. And you're going to smack right up into the Red Sea. Now you wonder, like, even it says in the Bible that that was not the way to take. It was the long way. It was the harder way. It was going through a desert. And it also wasn't strategically the best plan. And of course, we know what happens is they stop at the Red Sea, right? And then the chariots start coming at them. They start freaking out. And we wonder, why did God make them uncomfortable? Why did God not do the more strategic plan, right? And, and bring them along the way that was a little safer, not out in the open. Well, we know why, but they didn't know why. And in Exodus 14, um, verse 10, it says, As Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up, and there was the Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified and cried out to the Lord, they said to Moses, was it because there were no graves in Egypt <laughs> that you brought us to the desert to die? Dude, that's encouraging fellowship right there. What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone? Let us serve the Egyptians. It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. They're pretty feeling pretty uncomfortable, aren't they? They're feeling out of their comfort zone. What was their comfort zone? Making bricks. Making mortar. God wanted to get them out of that world so that he could show him his glory. And in verse 13, the Bible reads, Moses answered the people, do not be afraid. Stand firm. You will see deliverance. The Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you'll see will never you see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. So encouraging. Amen? Amen. You know, God doesn't show up when you're comfortable. God doesn't show up in the Bible when you're comfortable. Right. Actually, God leaves people that are comfortable. You know, Saul was pretty comfortable. He was king. He was doing what he wanted and the Holy Spirit left him. Now, amen, we never will, he leave us, amen, never will he forsake us. But the truth is that God wants us. The only way we can really see him in that way is when we're uncomfortable, amen? amen. And so that's part of 
this, what I call the discomfort zone. Amen? The discomfort zone. This is a zone that we have to get comfortable being in. How do you do that? Well, you know, Trevor talked about it. Deny yourself. We have to be comfortable with exercising that muscle. Exercising discomfort muscle. I don't know what's going to happen here. You know, every time I share my faith, I'm in the discomfort zone. So, uh, can I ask you something real quick? Yeah, sure. And then I ask the question, would you, you know, I, I go to church, I, you know, sharing whatever I share, right? And God shows up. Amen? I was scared to death to share my faith with Janet. I never told her that. I was scared. Because I felt like it's going to get weird after this. I drop my kid off every, you know, day to Janet. To Noah. Every day. You know? And, and I, didn't, I just didn't know what to do. And it was, it was never the right time. You know, snowy, icy, you know, February. Never a good time. There's like never a good time to share a faith, you know? You know, there's angels, you know, like ch- chanting at the same time. There's no angels chanting, you know? It's pretty quiet and pretty awkward. And so I grabbed the invitation. I was like, hey, blah, 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 blah. I don't even know what I said. And to see her reaction was amazing. She's like, ah, you know, Janet. If I knew this was like Jen, I wouldn't have been afraid because she was so loving and so on. Thank you so much, you know, for doing that. Of course I will be there. You know, I was like, this is from God. I was like, you know, and I was blown away. And that's, that's when God shows up, right? When we're not comfortable. I, I put this little, this little uh, diagram helps a lot. Comfort, slow growth. If any, stagnant. Discomfort zone, it's the best, best performance, motivated, encouraged. It's the sweet spot where growth happens. And then there's delusional, amen? And I, I've been there a lot, amen? I've been delusional. My wife knows. Too far, too fast, defeat and frustration. I think we hang out here a lot and hang out here a lot. We've got to hang out here. How do you hang out here? Just taking small steps, baby steps. All right, I'm going to find a prayer spot. One day at a time. A lot of us, even from the past and, and even some, some other things that we feel, we already just kind of think in the future, right? Oh, no. Oh, no. Some of us don't even know what it's like. We, we already have made a judgment of the book. We already think we're going to be in the delusional zone. This is going to be too fast, too far, too much for me. Boundaries. Boundaries. You know, but God's like, no, no, just take one step at a time. Amen. And I think that we all feel that. Amen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do we all feel that? Amen. And, and I just want to encourage us to, to realize that this is where growth happens. Who wants to grow? Amen. I want to grow. You know, who wants to be discomfortable? <laughs> is that a trick question, Glenn? You know, well, that's the only way to grow. Is by being uncomfortable. You know, we understand that in working out, right? Most of us understand, I got to, you know, you know, if I'm bench pressing, what happens if I don't lift it up? I'm going to be like, help. Oh my goodness, that's happened so many times. And you can either be prideful and roll it off you, which I don't suggest. I've done that many times. Or you can say, help. And I always go, help, like quiet. And then I'm like, help! 
And then everyone's, oh my goodness, they make a huge production. Why are you lifting this much weight? You know, you really need to have a spotter. And I'm like, oh my goodness, sorry. You know, but I think a lot of times we think, oh, I need to be this person. We have this vision of this person. Really what we're saying is small actions. Be that boy, like we talked about last week, with the fish, right? With this, I, this, this little boy is like, I got two fish and five loaves, you know? Boom! Jesus shows up. It multiplies that, amen? Amen. This is the schedule, guys. Right now we're at the, um, we're at the, the heart of God. It's a kickoff, right? You know, hopefully if you've read the introduction. If you haven't read the introduction, guess what? Good news. You can read the introduction right today, right? And then get into the heart of God. You won't be too far behind. Amen? Amen. And then every day there's different things to do. Mark 14, verse 8. It speaks about this woman. And I love this passage. She did what she could. She poured perfume on my body beforehand to prepare for my burial. God remembers everything that you do. Do you know that, church? This woman took, she did what she could do. You know, this woman was a sinful woman, the Bible says. She had probably a messy life, right? But she did what she could. And I just want to encourage you to do that. Do what you can. You know? What's better, taking no action or taking little action? We know the answer to that. We know the answer to that. No action doesn't really lead to anything growth-wise. Amen? Amen. You know, um, we're going to talk about the heart of God right now. And I just want to encourage you that the first part of this book, it's awesome. He's like, don't share your faith. He's like, you know, if you have to, go ahead and do it. (laughs) You know, and he starts with, because we need the heart, right? And it's funny, we have this, you know, kind of, Super Bowl service next Sunday. I didn't make invitations. I just, I just made an image that if you want to share with, you can. And I'll send that out to you. But, but I really want to go through this process with you. I haven't read the book all the way through. I don't know what comes up. I want to go through it with you. Amen? You know, I'm reading a little ahead, so I know what's going on. Amen? But, but I, I want to be with you on this. I want to take this journey with you because we can all go on it together. Amen? Amen? And the big thing he says is, don't share your faith. Let God share his faith with you. Let God share his love with you. And, and I just want to briefly talk about this amazing thought. That, that God loves you as much as he loves Jesus. He likes you as much as he likes Jesus. Which, I mean, it's hard for me to believe that. But it's biblical, amen? Look at here, it says, this is what he said at his baptism, at Jesus' baptism. A voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. You know, when you got baptized, that's what God said. That's what God said to you. You know, you maybe didn't hear a voice from heaven, but there are so many times he says that in this. You know, and, and just to realize that, that God loves Jesus so much. I mean, 
God is, is literally well pleased. This is my son whom I love. With him, I am well pleased. I don't just love Jesus. I like Jesus. Amen? Then he says again on the holy mountain, the transfiguration. While he was still speaking, a bright cloud covered them. And a voice from the cloud said, This is my son whom I love. With him, I am well pleased. Listen to him. Wow. The heart of God. What's the heart of God? I want to put before you that this is how he feels. This is my son, Jim, whom I love. With Jim, I am well pleased. I want you to write it down. If you're taking notes, put your name in that. Put your name in that sentence. Because there's nothing truer that I could ever say to you in my nine years of preaching here in Portland. If you remember anything I say, remember this, that God loves you and is so well pleased with you. You know? Well, how do you know that? Biblically, prove that to me, Glenn. I'm not believing you. Prove it to me. All right. See what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. Well, I got the son down or the daughter down, right? You can't make me not love my boys. There's nothing they can do where I will not love them. Are you talking about Danielle's love? Danielle's love is so fierce for her kids. It makes her sick sometimes. Fierce, fierce tigress of love. (laughs) I'd hate to see the wrath of her love. You know, it's awesome. It's, It's awesome. You know, she gets that from her father and her mother. But, but that's, you can't, you, you could do nothing. How much more God? What could we do that would make God not love us and not be well pleased with us? We are in right standing with God. We have the same, when we've been baptized, that's the thing you got to remember, we've been clothed with Christ. Yeah. Therefore, God sees you just as he sees Jesus. But you don't know what I did yesterday. I messed up. I was mad. I was upset. You know? Somebody once said to me, I sinned, bro. I, I thought about swearing. And I was like, oh. It's messing with my brain right now. Wait, so you sinned? Yeah, why would I even think about swearing? That's a sin. I'm like, well, I think you denied the temptation. We're trying to talk about this. I think you denied the temptation, bro. Keep Get fired up, you know? It's like, no, I thought about it. I feel so bad that I felt about doing that. And I'm like, well, bro, the thing is, I think about it sometimes. And I didn't stop the trigger sometimes, amen? I'm not swearing as much, but sometimes we can get so guilty. We can, we can, we can measure ourselves unbiblically. And I want to encourage you, you are in the same standing as Christ. Spiritually speaking, you've risen at the, at the right hand of God. That's what the Bible says. Who's at the right hand of God? Jesus. You're risen up there. That we should be called children of God. And that is what we are, explanation point. 
The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Dear friends, or this other, they, they changed it to, instead of dear friends, it's beloved, right? That's the whole chapter, beloved. Now we are children of God, and that is what we will be. Now it's not yet been made known, but we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. So when God looks at you, he sees his son or daughter just the same way that he sees Christ. That kind of love can never go away. Even if you turn your back and leave, God loves you just as much as that. Let that sink in. You know, Zephaniah chapter 3. Let's go there. Where is Zephaniah? Guess what? You don't have to be a missionary to find Zephaniah. You know, but, but sometimes I get lucky. I turn there, amen? That's the worst. When you're the preacher, you can't find it. You're like, oh no, everyone's there waiting for you. You're like, where's Zephaniah? Um, Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 16. Look what God says. On that day, they will say to Jerusalem, Do not fear, Zion. Do not let your hand hang limp. The Lord your God is with you. The mighty warrior who saves. He will take delight in you. In his love. He will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. You know that song, I hear God singing to me. That's where this comes from. This passage. I hear God singing to me. You know, God sings to you. He loves you. He serenades you. He, he sings upbeat songs and, and, and different genres of songs to us. Because he loves us and he takes great delight in you. What if we just live like that every day? That God delights in you. How would we live differently? How would we be different? You know, this is a fact. This isn't just something that I'm saying. This is a fact in Scripture. God delights in you. See, the world doesn't know how to love. And so we get that feedback, and then we think God loves like that. Look how that friend didn't call me back. Look how that friend kind of doesn't talk to me anymore. Is that how God's going to be? No. Not at all. He takes great delight in you. Amen? Amen. Ephesians chapter 1. You always have been and always will be his beloved. Amen? Amen? You always have been and you always will be his beloved. Now NIV changed so that there's no more beloved in the New Testament. But actually the word in Greek is all over the place. Beloved. I don't use that word much. You know, say, say hey, hey, Danielle, my beloved. <laughs> you know, that's kind of a funny word to say. And, and I thought, what does that even mean, beloved? You know, what does that even mean to be beloved? Um, it means that you are dearly loved. Dearly loved. You know, Ephesians 1 speaks about how much God loves you. God 
loved you before you were born. God loved you in his mind before the universe existed. It's kind of hard to understand, right? But that's what the scriptures say. He destined for us to be loved. Verse 3. Praise be to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love. That's important to know. In love he predestined us. How can you love something that doesn't exist yet? Only God knows. But he, he's always loved you. When you were at your worst in your sinful nature, when you were the worst you could ever be, God demonstrated his love for this while you were a dirt bag. That's my version. While you were scum, Jesus died for you. How much more does he delight in you now? What else could he do to prove it? He says in verse Five, he predestined us for an adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to be the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him we have the redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he's lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. He made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ to put in effect while the times reach their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth. Under Christ. This is such an intense, wordy document right here, right? Goodness gracious, so much is here. But I want to focus this, what it says. He chose us before the foundation of the world. In love, the Bible says, he predestined us. Amen? In love, he predestined us. God is not waiting for you to, be, to do good so he can love you. God loves sinners. He loves sinners. God proves his love towards us in that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. The love of God is an ocean. No one can sound its depths. It's a sky of unknown dimensions. No flying machine can reach its heights. It's a continent of unexplored distance. And no tape can measure its length. Its width surpasses any country. And no survey can find its boundaries. It's, my, it's a mine of wealth. And no delving of male can estimate or exhaust its riches. It's a pole of attraction with no ex- that no explorer can discover. And the love of God is a forest of beauty that no botanist can find and describe its variety and glory. Let's get closer to the heart of God. This week is about you feeling this love. And then once you feel the love, you can see correctly others that you come across and realize that God sees them the same way. Let us focus on the heart of God today. Let us focus this week not on our hearts, but on God's heart. And we, our hearts, will be changed. Amen. Amen.